it may be an interesting thing that you don't know that unlike a lot of financial firms, we have never really specifically concentrated on hiring people with financial background, right? Yep. Because we kind of had this vision that somebody who is smart, somebody who is willing to work hard and who is willing to learn is going to learn what they need to learn. We don't need somebody. Of course, they have financial background. Great. It's a plus. But we never had this requirement because otherwise, how does somebody who has never worked for a financial company start out? You're listening to IBKR Podcasts. Find more conversations at ibkrpodcasts.com. Please remember any trading discussions are for information purposes only and are not intended to portray recommendations. Please listen to further disclosures at the end of today's episode. Now, welcome to our show. Hello, and welcome to IBKR Podcasts. I'm Stephen Levine, Senior Market Analyst at Interactive Brokers, and your host for today's program. I'll be speaking with members from IBKR's Human Resources Department, uh, Director Michael Kerrigan and HR Generalist Irina Yakovleva. We'll also be hearing from our Chief Data Officer, Ilya Dichter, about their insights into our company's summer internship initiative for 2022. Uh, but that's not all. We also have three interns here with us today, uh, Danielle Vitiri, Mira Lukasik, and Amol Gapure, to give us a first-hand account of their experience. Now, we'll be uh, bringing in those interns in just a few minutes, but first I want to find out more about this year's internship program because, as I understand it, this is the largest we've probably ever had. Is that right, Michael? Is it? Let's, let's start with you. Um, well, first of all, welcome. Uh, it's great having you here. Uh, thank you for taking the time. Thank you, Steve. No, I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Very excited to have you here. I actually want to thank everyone here, uh, Irina, Ilya, Thank Hi, you so much. thank you so much for having me. Hey, Stephen, good to be with you today. So glad you're here. Thanks so much for taking the time. Absolutely, my pleasure. That's great. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, Michael, am I right in saying that, that this is the largest pool of interns we've ever had? I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, how many are in this year's pool? Uh, they are 39 interns. 39? 39 interns. Would you say this year. is like, is that average or is this it bigger is, than usual? This is by far the largest intern group. And how long has the program been in place? I mean, I know we've had some interns kind of come in, maybe uh, they were family members or something, but you know, when was the start of the formal program, say, you know, uh, when did it officially launch? So yeah, the internship program, you know, started before me, you know, was it very formalized? No, it was basically individuals had a nephew or had a friend or someone that wanted to come learn at IBKR and wanted to learn about the business. And, you know, they brought them in as, a, as an intern and it was really, it was more of temp help than internship. Um, now, in 2018, we formalized an internship. We came up with, you know, a recruiting process. We came up with a selection process. We came up with the number of recruiters we want. We looked specifically mostly at programmers. Yep. Um, we did, but we did expand it to non-programmers. Um, and we brought them in really just because, you know, we had the senior leadership. We had managers. We had employees that have been here for a long time, and we were looking for younger talent. And the number of interns interested in joining our program has increased over the years to where it is now or and have we had much success hiring from the pools we've had or or how's that worked exactly you know obviously covid kind of dramatically reduced the last two years the yeah. first year i think we had about 27 so we've hired so since 2018 since we had the official program okay we've probably we've probably had close to and i'm only speaking to the us uh probably close to 90 interns and we've probably hired 10 okay yeah 
So, so some so those were interns that graduated the year after they started our intern. So they were more of like junior seniors and ready to leave and go into the workforce. We we do have interns now that are like going from their freshman year into their junior sophomore year. So, you know, we may like them, but obviously they have three years before they finish and get their degree that, you know, mm-hmm. we may not look at them again. So, but, but it, you're, I guess you're looking at probably around 10% of the people that go through our internship program we're hiring. And how would you compare, say, the size of our program with uh, others in the financial industry? I'd say it's probably about average in the industry. I, I don't think it's too high. Um, I don't think it's too low either. I, I think it's probably the norm. Um, you do have intern programs that, you know, probably have successful 50%, but they've yep. been well-established. You know, they've had restrictions where they only have interns that are going into their senior year, so they know... You know, they only have to wait six, seven, eight months before they're out and they, you know, get job offers straight away. So they tend to have a higher percentage of hiring groups. Yep. Um, but since we don't narrow it down to that age group, you know, we probably have a, a lower internship percentage. I see. I see. So when we talk about interactive brokers being in the financial services industry, you know, yes, uh, we operate in that space. And, and Michael, you mentioned that we were looking uh, more specifically at programmers because the company really is first and foremost, a technology company that operates in the financial sector. Um, if you look at the history of the firm, you know, it's clear that its, its success was built on technological in, innovations, uh, which, you know, we're continuing that to this day. And, and for that, I'd, I'd like to get Ilya's insights, our, our chief data officer. Uh, and then I'd like to address with Irina those non-programmers that Michael also said we expanded the internship program to. And I understand uh, she has an intern, Danielle, uh, who we'll be speaking with a bit later in the uh, ESG space. That's uh, environmental, social, and governance. And, and we have a lot of focus there with our Impact app, for example. Uh, it's another example of innovation at the company. Uh, but Ilya, uh, well, first, you know, since I mentioned the history of the company, I know you've been here for some time. Uh, maybe we can start a bit with your background. You know, maybe you can share something about uh, your role. Um, exactly how long have you been with uh, Interactive Brokers? Absolutely. So uh, I'm a software engineer by trade, as many of the employees at Interactive Brokers. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it a little bit more. Uh, I've started with Interactive in 1998, so I'm closing in on my 25th anniversary wow, with the company. Wow, congratulations. 1998. That's right. Wow, That's great, right. It's, great. Been a, <laughs> it's been a long time. Uh, it's, uh, it's been really a dream come true. I mean, honestly, I don't believe that I've been here for 25 years. Yeah. Uh, and part of it is that the job is interesting, it's challenging, uh, the company doesn't stand still, and we're really constantly pursuing something else on the technology front. Yeah, yeah. And that's really the most interesting part for me. In terms of my uh, work of a, uh, as a data officer, at some point the organization as an enterprise has to get uh, into a certain position in terms of managing its data, uh, controlling access to data. And so there are a lot of these components that are outside of the software development, if you will, okay. but has to do with the overall enterprise data management. Yeah, but 25 years, I mean, that's really great. Would you say that's something of an anomaly here? Or, or you know, what, what would you say you know, it's the average, you know, from your experience? Sort of, is it sort of normal tenure? Or um, what would you say? Is it, do we have high turnover, low turnover? Uh, well, you'd be surprised to learn that a lot of employees that I know that work around me in my office or different offices, they've been here for 10, 15, 20 years. In my group alone, I easily have 
probably 15 people who've been with the department for at least 10 years. For at least 10 years. Yes. Well, that's something I'm sure that's attractive for those interns in terms of you know, their interest in maybe joining the company. Um, but, but why would you say people stay? Um, and that's a fairly long tenure, right? I mean, 10, 15, 20 years. So the turnover is generally very low. And I think part of the reason for this is the fact that people feel really engaged yep. and they're, they see the results of their work. And I think that sort of satisfaction of what you do each day, every day pays off. So I brought up Interactive Brokers as being a company that really is a technology company. Right? operating in providing and creating uh, products and services for, for trading and investing purposes in the financial services sector. Uh, and yes, this is the, the reason. I, I'd like to say the primary reason why, uh, as Michael said earlier, we were mostly specifically looking at programmers as interns uh, before opening it up more recently. But Ilya, in your view, what has been behind the company's success? You know, what, what's really behind IBCare's ongoing competitiveness in the broker industry? You know, what, you know, how would you say it maintains its success these days? Well, it's a great question, Stephen. I think it goes back to the roots of the company. Uh, as our founder, Thomas Petofi, likes to say, we're a technology company that happens to be in finance. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that mean? That means that we look at every problem and every opportunity as a software development project. So we look at this and say, can we write software to automate this particular function? Yes. And why is this important? It's important because computers don't get tired, and we can do a lot of interesting things, and we can service many, many clients if we can write the software to support this idea. And this is what the company has been doing. The history of the company is such that from the very beginning, implementing trading algorithms was really how the company got started. Yes. And so then we took it really to the next level. In other words, it's not just the trading algorithms. It's everything that the company does, from the client onboarding to customer service to back office reconciliation. All of these functions are supported by the software that we produce because that's the only way to minimize the costs. And that kind of then goes to the next step in our evolution, we can offer our services at a lower cost because of our highest levels of automation. I see. So that's really the differentiating factor here in my view. So our automation is far superior or superior to competitors in the way that we can make all sorts of transactions or all sorts of processes automated and make them faster and, and hence lower the costs. Is that, is that, that, am I putting that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, it's not just making things faster, it also accommodating the growth of the business, right? Because it's easy to write the software and buy more computers than hire more people. And uh, also over the years, obviously, we've produced a lot of software that supports certain standard functionality. So for example, we know how to connect to an exchange and place orders. Yes. And now that we connect it to 130 markets worldwide, we can connect to another marketplace very quickly in a matter of days or weeks. It doesn't take us a month or several months right. to develop something because we already have these building blocks. But in general, the automation is what drives the efficiency of our business. We want to maintain that edge by constantly looking into what are the parts of the business that still require manual handling 
and make sure that we can fully automate those uh, avenues. Yes, yes. And interns, you know, if we take a closer look at what the interns involved in uh, software engineering say are doing, it's not just sort of temp help. I think Michael said something to that effect earlier. We're not offering an internship that's like temp help. These interns now are really getting their hands on, on projects, right? We have an intern um, we're also gonna talk to a bit later, uh, Amol. Uh, he's interning in, in this space, uh, the software engineering uh, area here. Um, we'll hear from him, but how would you describe or, or maybe pitch right, what it might be like uh, to intern in your department? How would you sell that? I would compare it to you know buying a car online or test driving the car, right? When yeah. these interns get in, they're really doing, they're driving the car, <laughs> right? They, they, they know exactly how it feels, how the car behaves on the road. So they see this from the inside. And you know, one thing that I didn't mention, but you know, of course, some percentage of these interns, when they graduate, they come back and they become new hires. Yeah, I'd like to explore that a bit more. I think Michael said about 10% get hired on average. So what, you know, what in your view, uh, what characteristics or, or traits uh, would you look for in someone? You know, for, for hiring consideration? Well, I think that being a hard worker, not, not even a quick learner, because there are certain things that you can't learn quickly, but somebody who's willing to learn and willing to work hard, those are probably yep. the two main kind of ingredients of an interactive broker's uh, employee, right? Uh, it may be an interesting thing that <laughs> you don't know, that unlike a lot of financial firms, we have never really specifically concentrated on hiring people with financial background, right? Yep. Because we kind of had this vision that somebody who is smart, somebody who is willing to work hard and who is willing to learn is going to learn what they need to learn. We don't need somebody. Of course, they have financial background. Great. It's a plus. But we never had this requirement because otherwise, how does somebody who has never worked for a financial company starts out? if every financial company <laughs> requires a previous background, right? Yes, yes. All, all you your personal finances, you know, you, you uh, have a certain right. budget, I suppose, or maybe your parents' budget at a certain age, uh, but you have some money to work with, and I suppose that's all your experience. That's uh, correct. Because <laughs> once you get in here, and especially in the, um, you know, IT and the specifically software development and software engineering, in order to make the software as smart as the humans are to a, to a certain extent and to achieve the automation, the engineers who are in charge of designing and developing that software, they have to have a very deep understanding of the market intricacies. All the inputs that go into those algorithms. That's correct. Yeah. And so I would argue that a lot of engineers that have been here for 10, 15, 20 years, they probably understand the markets better than some of the quote-unquote financial professionals hmm. because they really know this inside and out. No, no disrespect, obviously, intended here. But because we really work with the data and the inputs, as you pointed out, and we have to understand and have a perfect understanding of how each specific exchange or market or any other uh, you know, clearinghouse operates in yes. order to write software that, that can communicate with it. Yes, it really is fascinating um, to see it from that perspective. So uh, now let's turn back to HR and our generalist, uh, Irina Yakovleva. Uh, thank you for being so patient, Irina. And, uh, you know, we're excited to have you here with us. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Great having you here. Great having you here. So, Irina, 
Uh, our resources here at Interactive Brokers are critical, right? I mean, you could say that they really drive the success here, much in the way Ilya was describing how interns are sort of behind the wheel of a car, right? They're driving or, or they're in the driver's seat. Uh, but this really applies whether the intern or employee uh, is in programming or, or some other area. You know, we have a, another intern we'll be talking to shortly, Mira, um, Mira Lukasik. Uh, she does her internship in the legal area. Uh, but this all goes to IBCare's culture, right? I mean, this summer internship program really introduces interns to the culture here at IBKR. Uh, and I understand you're mentoring or supervising an intern in the, the ESG area, um, I guess, crossover responsibilities with HR. You know, how does that work? So uh, the intern that I'm working with, uh, she's a hybrid intern between ESG and human resources. And the reason for that is because we really have a lot of common goals and initiatives. So okay. more specific, one of the goals that she's working on is our gender equality. Okay. So that is an important factor of the S in ESG. The social part of it. Yes, yes. correct. And it also, of course, it impacts the human resources department as well. So we are always looking to make sure that we're providing the needed support for women um, and allies to develop themselves, to succeed, to excel in our company. Sure. And we always want to stay competitive and um, provide those opportunities. Yeah. Now that speaks to the competitiveness too, I suppose, right? I mean, at least as far as that factor. But I guess more specifically, can you explain how... How does ESG actually contribute to the, the company's success? I mean, you know, maybe you can provide some details into the project Danielle's working on, you know, your intern, uh, the intern you're mentoring. That might help listeners understand, you know, how that helps the company remain competitive. Sure. So to go back to your first question of how ESG is impacting the company's success. I mean, yeah. the most obvious one is our new Impact app. So it brings diversity to our trading platform. The Impact app gives a chance to invest based on your social and environmental values. So it's really a value online investing, which is um, important to a lot of individuals and especially to the millennial generation. Right. So um, going back to how IB stays competitive, it's always looking forward. It's looking at the trends in the industry. And we want to provide people the options and the opportunities to invest yes. in these um, markets. Yes, yes, I see. Uh, and Danielle's working on something to do with the Impact app. Or? Yes, so okay. she is working on several projects relating to the Impact app. And uh, we want to look within ourselves as well. So one of the values that you can choose on the Impact app is gender equality. And uh, okay. the things that are considered within that rating system is the representation of employee population for that company. How many women are in leadership in that company? Um, so in providing these resources, we also want to look at ourselves and try to improve our own score. Sure. Um, so one of the projects that she's working on is aggregating uh, our database to see where our women are and where we can improve and how we stack up against our competitors. And she's looking into different tools and measuring tactics, such as the Bloomberg GEI index okay. and how we would stack up in the such a data base. And two women have just joined IBCare's board, no? Uh, they, they were introduced very recently to, to the entire company. And yes, yeah. Jill Bright and Nicole Young. 
Um, so they were fantastic and it was really great to see their inside and we had great attendance. So there's definitely an appetite for employees to connect, to learn from their leadership, to get to know the strategic direction yep. of the company. So this is one example, I suppose, of strengthening uh, not only our diversity in the company, but also communicating that we are representative of it, that we're not just talking, but demonstrating. Um, so how else are we doing this? I, I, I'm assuming you and Danielle are looking at other measures within the organization. So, so we, we are not just saying um, that we support gender equality. We are looking at our benefits. We're looking at our family leave. Mm -hmm. We're looking at uh, our demographics to make sure that we can say that with confidence and yes. that we can truly say that we're doing everything that we can as a company yep. Yep. to uh, promote gender equality yep. in the broker industry and the finance industry and the tech industry and be a leader in that. Yeah, that's really great. And more hands-on experience for the intern, right? Okay, so uh, before we bring them in, uh, maybe you could just give us some insights into what you might be looking for in an intern uh, in terms of qualities as, as a candidate for hire. Uh, I'm sure that would be very helpful for those listening and, and wanting some insights into our internship and, and our, our, our hiring process. Yes. Uh, so uh, what I look for is the ability to drive initiatives, to come up with ideas, to figure out better ways to do certain things yep. and really take the autonomy to do, the, do it yep. um, and to be very driven in that. And uh, things that we are doing with improving our human uh, ca human capital and improving gender equality, I think you need to have some form passion about it. Sure. You need to care. And yeah. I think that will drive you to achieve what we are striving for. So there is a crossover in terms of personal interest that bleeds into the professional execution of that interest in this project. Somebody who has an interest in it that can drive that passion forward in the project. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Uh, and is there anything else that you think in today's environment is important for somebody to possess if they want to uh, step into this culture and be a part of the ESG or, or, or human resources group? I think uh, the desire to learn, this, I never <laughs> thought I was going to do a podcast, um, <laughs> being open to different things. And IB provides these opportunities. Um, you, you're not going to be going to work and doing the same job every single day. You no. will, your responsibilities will change. You will need to wear different hats. And if you're looking for um, something where you have great opportunities yep. and you're open to it and you say yes, uh, then I think it's a great company to be. Yeah, it's really great. Really great. Thank you so much, Irina. Uh, and thank you so much to everyone here for taking the time to, to do this. This is a, a lot of great information for, uh, I think, anyone interested in, in who we are, what our culture's like, what we're about, uh, what it means to join our internship program. Um, I mean, there's there's no replacement really for, for getting some direct hands-on experience. And that's really what it seems they get. Um, and they get to lead it, drive it. I mean, that's really terrific. Uh, also for our listeners out there, for those of you uh, looking for more trading education, uh, visit IBKR campus at IBKR.com. You'll get a wealth of material. We also have uh, other podcasts that uh, delve into a, a broad range of topics from market commentary to macroeconomics, monetary policy, a, a diverse array of, of trading products, including options, bonds, cryptocurrencies, stocks, ETFs, futures, and more, uh, along with other engaging conversations about the company, including from our founder, Thomas Petterfee. All our IBKR podcasts are available at tradersinsight.news. You can also listen to our episodes on Spotify, Apple Music, 
Amazon, as well as other popular streaming audio channels. Uh, but also stay tuned and look out for the next edition of the series in our summer internship program. We'll hear from the other side of this initiative, uh, our interns, uh, Danielle, Mira, and Amol, uh, some of the interns in this year's pool. You won't want to miss what they have to say. And until next time, I'm Stephen Levine with Interactive Brokers. Thanks for listening to IBKR Podcasts. As always, we have more episodes at ibkrpodcasts.com. And if you're interested in learning more about interactive brokers, visit ibkr.com. We offer more trading education material, such as webinars at ibkrwebinars.com, financial and economic commentary at tradersinsight.news, market-related courses at tradersacademy.online, and quant-related articles at ibkrquant.com. The analysis in this material is provided for information only and is not and should not be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy any security. To the extent that this material discusses general market activity, industry, or sector trends, or other broad-based economic or political conditions, it should not be construed as research or investment advice. To the extent that it includes references to specific securities, commodities, currencies, or other instruments, those references do not constitute a recommendation by IBKR to buy, sell, or hold such investments. The material does not and is not intended to take into account the particular financial conditions, investment objectives, or requirements of individual customers. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and is necessary, seek professional advice.